Hi and welcome. Hi and welcome. The Facts and Blog and Podcast. Well, we are very excited to have our friend Nito from AP 2020 Outdoors. You know, if you've been uh, uh, following 8.6 or searching for it on YouTube or whatever, uh, he's been putting out a, a ton of content. And uh, Nito, you might be one of the guys who shot this the the most and published the most as far as first impressions and, and trying different things with your build and, and trying different things uh, with uh, reloads. Uh, so we're super excited to have you on today. Yeah, I'm happy to be on here. I, uh, you know, I've been uh, just a little background on myself. So I've had my YouTube channel since 2011, and I really did not start developing it until about 2014. I think back in from 2011 to 2014, I had maybe 100 subscribers. Yeah, and yeah. I primarily started it because I, I liked to groundhog hunt here in Ohio. And I started publishing my groundhog videos. And then uh, some gal in Alabama had seen some of my videos and she invited me on a hog hunt, you know. And of course, you know, Dustin, as you know, you know, we're all in Ohio here. And yeah. We don't have any wild hogs to hunt. Yeah. You know, and it just kind of took off from there. I started going to SHOT Show. And I think I met you guys in 2018, SHOT Show, I think. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. And so then I just started developing my YouTube channel and I've been, you know, promoting a lot of folks in the outdoors and shooting industries. And um, my my day job is I'm an electrical engineer by trade and I specialize in factory automation. However, I've got the dream job now. I just work Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday to Thursday, I do my YouTube videos. That's Much to my wife's nice chagrin, she's like, you need to get a second job. And I'm like, hey, honey, you remember when I used to travel as an engineer and work seven days a week living yeah. in hotels? I was like, I'm done with that. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's great. Well, well, Nita, let's let's uh, let's start, you know, talking some uh, nitty gritty on 8.6. You know, on the last episode, Jay and I were really trying to cover some general FAQs we see as a manufacturer and uh, vendor but also, you know, details on our specific builds as, as those were launching. Um, but I would love to get just your first impression on uh, 8.6 itself, and then maybe we could get into some more of uh, the details of what you've been testing and posting on your YouTube channel. Yeah, absolutely. So so when the 8.6 Blackout first came out, I'd seen you all post, uh, you know, up, up on Chacho. And actually, I knew a little bit about it before Chacho, you know, the actual release. And I was really intrigued by the concept of of a quote, and you know, it's still a wildcat per se, because you you know it's not Sammy's Sammy Speck yet. Yeah. I'm sure that's gonna be happening soon. Yeah. And so the the whole attraction to me was, you know, we're, we're all very familiar with the 300 blackout. And being a reloader, I was really interested in actually making my own cases because I went the same route when 300 blackout first came out. And I think that really helped me tremendously in, in actually developing the brass initially, because as you know, you know, and you guys have, have seen it as well. You guys came out with, you know, you were the first ones to come out with the barrels, but the ammunition, you know, there's what primarily what two suppliers. Yeah. Real yeah. and discreet. Yep. And, uh, you know, uh, no fault of their own. You know, they're they're just getting hammered now because everybody wants the ammo. Well, when I first, you know, I, I was going back through my videos and my first video I cut was 39 days ago. 
And yeah, I've been here. I've got like 20, I think I've got like 25 videos in the last 39 days. Yeah. I've got kind of crazy with it, but you know, that's yeah. where I am. When I, when I latch onto something, I just try to, you know, just embrace it and just try to develop as much as I can. That's probably the engineer coming out of me. But so regarding the 86 blackout, I think it has a really huge potential. And a lot of things that people still don't quite understand is the, you know, I think the elephant in the room right now is the one in three twists, you know, mm. because for years, and I'll give you guys a little history on rifling twists. You may or may not know, but back in the fifties, um, you know, typical twist rates for typical rifles were one in 12, you know, one in 14, one in 10. And what really drove the rifling twist was not, not so much the, the calibers, but it was a bullet construction. And they found out that if you go too fast, uh, the typical uh, lead core copper jacketed bullets uh, cannot handle the faster twist rates. They would literally just fly apart because of the high RPM rate. Yeah. And in fact, that's been kind of, a, it's, it's kind of gone full circle. Like if you look at, I think the long range guys have really driven this. Um, when you look at the long range guys, they want to shoot heavy for caliber long bullets that have the highest sectional densities, the the highest BCs, ballistic coefficients, and that all warrants a faster twist uh, rate, okay? And so then now, like you'd seen the 300 blackouts, you know, they start out with like a one in nine, maybe. Yeah. And you go to one in eight, one in seven, and now there's even one in fives, you know? Same with the six, five Creedmoor, you know, guys are shooting one in, you know, for a 308, one in 10 was pretty fast, you know? And yeah. now six five Creedmoors, you got one in one in eights. You know that's a, that's a minimum. You should even think about shooting a heavy bullet. So then we'll go. We'll segue to the uh, eight six blackout. So the one in three twist was like a huge radical departure. You know, nobody in their right mind would think, "Why the heck would you go with the one in three twist?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Well, with, without going into huge great detail, because I myself was a skeptic also. You know. Um, and not so much a skeptic because, oh, it's something new and, you know, it's, you know, it's, uh, because it's not traditional, it's gotta be bad, you know, and that's not necessarily the case. And what woke up my mind was when I shot these, these, what I call the propeller bullets now. Yeah. 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 Right. You know, the 350 grain makers. And if you guys know anything about, um, <laughs> These style subsonic bullets, the all copper monolithics, where the expanding type bullets, when they hit gel, typically the pedals fold back. They fold back. The pedals themselves fold back parallel to the direction of travel. Okay. And that's always been a trade off is that because you have a greater surface area now, it actually impedes travel. You get what they call the balloon effect. Mm -hmm. Okay. What revolutionized the one in three twist is that because that's such a, a greater angle, these pedals actually don't fold back perpendicular to the line of travel. They actually fold back and the, for the lack of a better term, I'm a boater by trade also, the starboard side of the pedal is actually <laughs> becomes the leading edge of the pedal. And now you have a propeller. Yeah. And if you watch watch one of my i think it was the game changer video i cut when you watch that bullet 
in slow motion through the gel, you know, you've got a temporary cavity that's maybe six or seven inches in diameter for the length of the gel block, which is unheard of. Yeah. You know? yeah. And at seven yards, I was getting 21 inches of penetration at 75 yards. You know, I was getting, you know, 22, 23 inches of penetration, which is crazy. Yeah. So, you know, that what when I'd seen that, that convinced me, you know, that, that convinced, that was the only thing that really convinced me with the one and three twists, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, that's it. I mean, you know, the, the bullets, you know, I've heard talk with other people in the industry. They're trying to catch up now. I mean, you know, just like anything else, um, they're catching up with de designing better bullets for this twist rate. Yeah. And that is something that, you know, Jay and I, I mean, probably two years ago on the podcast, we had a audience question about, you know, why we landed on the twist rates we did for, you know, standard AR-15 barrels or AR-10 barrels at the time. <clears throat> and a lot of it, you know, again, was just the idea of stabilization, not necessarily energy. Um, and, and also, just like you said, the production of that ammunition can it handle a certain twist rate how much is you know people talk about overstabilization and there's all these different things that kind of went along with it but in this realm you know even in some of the uh, ballistic gel test shots that we did with gorilla um you know if you shoot an 86 round uh out of a standard twist barrel i think they had done it out of a 1 in 7 uh, you know, it doesn't look anything crazy. You know what I mean? It's about yeah. what you would expect from a 338 projectile um, at that distance. But, you know, that that kind of magic sauce is spinning it, you know, faster. And I think that has been something that people, you know, need to wrap their minds around. And it, and it's tough to until you see see it in person or get on these blogs and forums, get on these Facebook groups, you know, watch the stuff that Nito and other guys are putting out. Because uh, because in your head, you're going to be locked into this is stabilization. Why does it need to go that fast? Yeah, right. I, I think as soon as you um, stop thinking about it as stabilization, start thinking about it as, you know, rotational energy transfer and then how it interacts with uh, novel uh, bullet design, you know, and, and things like wound characteristic, um, you know, cavitation profiles. I mean, I think it all becomes uh, much more interesting and and. You know, this idea of a super fast twist starts to add up. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Now, Nita, what are some of the things that if, if people are going to be shooting 8.6 for the first time, let's assume for right now that they have factory ammunition. Um, you know, what are some of the things that uh, folks are going to recognize right off the bat that seems different to them, whether it's about their build or comparing it to shooting another AR-10 or a bolt action that's chambered in 308 or 65 or what have you, you know, what are some of the kind of the key differences uh, that you think that shooter will, will experience? Well, the first thing that struck me was that the recoil was not as bad as that I anticipated. Yeah. You know, even, even shooting a 300 grain subsonic was not, you know, it was more of a push, you know, I think, the cal the cartridge that's uh, recoiling a little bit more is a, the uh, Gorilla Barnes 210. Yeah. You know, that's more of a snap, you know, a sharp snap, but it's nowhere, you know. Yeah. I'm, honestly, it's like a 243, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so the recoil is not bad. Um, accuracy, you know, I haven't done really any um, 
accuracy test per se. I need I need to take so I've got two now. Okay, so I just got the the uh, Sentinel mm -hmm. eight inch. Yeah. So I took my thermal off my sixteen inch and put that on because I'm going to be coyote coyote hunting with that now. Nice. Yeah. So I'm going to put one of my uh, long range scopes on the sixteen and start doing some long range, you know, some long range shooting. Yeah. So. Well, and that's and that is another you know thing that has come up because this is our first kind of public foray into uh, bolt action, and people you know may think of bolt action in kind of the PRS type category, but that's not really what eight six is about. You know, eight six is a is a hunting round. Yeah, um, it's not necessarily going to, uh, nor should it take place of you know long distance three oh eight or long distance six five i mean there are folks that have put out some good content about i mean mark one of our sales guys was just talking to jay and i before we started recording you know a video he saw somebody shooting subs out to 700 yards and hitting steel and everything yeah so i mean the general accuracy that you would expect from a barrel company such as us you know is going to be there but it's not necessarily the same type of prs style accuracy that you would see on somebody's competition rifle it's it's made for something else yeah yeah absolutely i've got i've got a friend on that facebook group he's down in florida and he's one of the first people to actually take well at least in the united states take game and you know he and his son were shooting uh wild boar down in florida and very impressed very impressed with you know he, he shot some with these makers yeah. and then also with the uh, two current 210 uh barns the grill ammo and very impressed with the results. So, you know, 200 yard groundhog deer or uh, wild hog deer cartridge. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And I, yeah. I'm sure, you know, even, you know, the energy levels and, and the sheer weight of the bullets, you know, I'm sure a bigger game can be taken. Yeah. North America. Right. No doubt. Yeah. And we've seen, obviously, you know, um, uh, you know, the folks who, who came up with this, Kevin Brittingham and his team at Q, have posted a bunch of different content, you know, especially in Africa, as they have a place out there that they could hunt and and taking down just amazing uh, large game in those areas with both supers and subs. And again, out of shorter barrel profiles, you know, these are just like our offering is eight, 12 and, and 16 inch. And, and you've shot, uh, obviously, the 16 quite a bit. You, you got the new eight inch <clears throat> uh, coming your way. And I just shot it Sunday. Did you? Yeah. In fact, I got a video I'm waiting to get. It's produced. I'm just waiting to, to get okayed by our friends at YouTube. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Hint, hint. Yes, yes. So all of those things, you know, again, it's it, it's it's so it's such a, a mind meld because it's like, yeah, you could do this in bolt action and yeah, you could do this in AR-10. But they're going to do things on those platforms. 8.6 is going to do things on those platforms that isn't necessarily akin to other AR-10 builds or other large caliber bolt action builds. These are going to be, you know, this is a pretty duty specific type thing. And it is fun. Don't get me wrong. Just like you said in the gel tests. I mean, those initial cavities, uh, the travel of the projectile and what you're able to do with, you know, expanding and fracturing rounds and so on, I think is remarkable. But with that comes the understanding that, hey, this isn't another 308 build. You know, this isn't another 6.5 build. And to 
get on a, a topic that I think a lot of people are asking about um, is just on the reloading itself. So as you mentioned, you being a reloader, for those of you who are new to our 8.6 talks, you know, this is a 338 projectile, the 308 bolt face and modified Freedmore brass. Um, people have been making it with uh, a 6.5 brass. People have been making it with six brass. Um, what have you found? What have you done the most of, Nito? And, and kind of what are some things that, that you would uh, pull people's attention to if they're starting to reload for this? Okay, so I'm just going to I'm going to talk about a, a short video that I produced a couple weeks ago. And you know, typically my short videos are getting between 1000 and, you know, 2000 views. And for some reason this video went viral. I mean, it's got like 330,000 views, which just blows my mind, you know. <laughs> yeah. But if you watch that video, I did I did okay, I'm going to be straight up with you guys. So the very first video I cut 39 days ago was the, well, actually that was the second, the first one that I was actually shooting. Um, I'll be honest with you. If you watch my videos, typically when I fire a string of a series of shots, I'll cut out the three or four seconds in between, you know, cause you know, honestly, guys don't like to sit there and watch somebody shoot a five shot group and take, it takes them one minute. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'll cut out the, the breathing, catch my breath, refocus, reset the rifle on the rest, whatever. I cut those out. But that first video, <clears throat> that first video, the first three rounds, I was mortaring the round out of the chamber. Mm. Okay. Mm. And and I'll tell you honestly why. And hopefully people will learn from what happened to me. Um because unbeknownst to me, you know, I was looking at some of the I was looking at some of the the uh chamber specs on the 8.6 blackout mm -hmm. and yeah. i'll just talk real briefly i'm gonna nerd out here <laughs> so that so from q the chamber specs show a a neck diameter of 0.367 at the case mouth and 0.368 at the shoulder neck junction okay now if you take if you take in my case i was doing peterson small and large rifle primer brass I was doing ADG brass. I was doing uh, Federal. I was doing Lapua. Okay, so if if we look if we look at a, a cartridge, a case. Okay, this is an eight six case. But if we look at the six five Creedmoor case, the six five Creedmoor case is one point nine two zero inches long. The final eight six blackout case is one point six eight five. So there's obviously a shortening of the six five Creedmoor case. So what happens is when you cut the 6.5 Creedmoor case, what used to be the shoulder on the 6.5 Creedmoor case is now the neck, okay? And if you know anything about brass, as you travel down from the mouth to the shoulder to the body to the web, the brass obviously gets thicker. Yeah. And therein lies the problem is that the brass gets thicker. And what I was finding out is that as I, as I cut my cases, reformed them the neck wall thicknesses was about 18 thousandths okay so if we do some simple math 18 thousandths times two is 36 thousandths plus 338 that's a diameter of the bullet is 0.374 yeah well uh, uh, the chamber calls for 0.368 as a maximum diameter now in reality that loaded round is probably around 0.371 to 0.372 okay 
still that round is not gonna is not gonna chamber yeah know? right so being my experience because i work a lot with wildcats so it was no you know it was no biggie for me it's like all right well i'll just i'll start turning the next and that's what i did i started turning the next about 13 thou case wall thickness and 13 thou i i end up with um 364 nominal 361362 loaded loaded uh, round so i'm good there so that that's a, that's the biggest thing you know and i'm sure guys you know hopefully guys have seen enough of my videos or 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 hopefully the word is out that you know if you can't get factory brass you know if you, if if you're still waiting on grill ammo or discrete ammo to get the brass you know you can you can form form the brass you know, if you are a reloader, you can't do it. It just takes time. And and I'm going to go full circle to that that one minute short video I did. Yeah. So. And I've got the time, obviously, but most people, when they saw the video, they're like, what the what the what are you doing, man? Yeah. Because <laughs> it would take me literally take me 30 minutes. It would take me 30 minutes to get one one piece of brass completed. Yeah. Yeah. All the steps. All the steps. It took me thirty minutes. Now, have you been using mostly six five brass, or you have you been using six Creedmoor brass? And if so, have you seen any differences, or is one maybe a little more, you know, easier for folks, or takes a little less finesse? You know, what what are you seeing there? No, I mean, I've I've converted. So I found uh, Midway had a bunch of uh, federal six millimeter Creedmoor brass, like wholesale. I say wholesale because it was under a dollar a piece. You know, it was like sixty-two cents a piece. Yeah, right. And I've done I've done those as well. So, 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 because I've seen I've seen guys on the Facebook group. They'll take a six-five Creedmoor brass and they'll slam it right through the three thirty-eight Hornady or Lee, you know, eight-six blackout full-length resizing die. Mm -hmm. And I just cringe when I'd seen that because. Um, Going from 0.264 up to 0.338 is a pretty huge jump. You know, yeah. you're going to induce a lot of stress on that brass. So what what took me so long is is I would go from 0.264, and I have what these called I have what they call these mandrel dies, which in simple terms, it's just a it's just a die that's that expands the case mouth in increments. Yeah. So I would go 0.264 to 0.284. To 0.308 and then finally to 0.338. Mm -hmm. So I was necking up progressively. And the other thing I did was I I would anneal the brass as well just to help soften it. Yeah, right. So yeah. So you, you know, it's a, a I mean until <laughs> certainly I said certainly a labor of love. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> a labor of necessity, actually. <laughs> it's like I got I got you know, I got 20 pieces of brass and I'm trying yeah, so it's been kind of a miracle that I actually pulled it all this off, you know, to you know, and then finally uh my guys at Gorilla, you know, Lance and Mike, they you know, I ended up getting some uh ammo from them, you know, three weeks ago or whatever. Yeah. So I've been like, Yeah, you know, I just got, you know, perfect. I got factory form brass and I just gotta resize it, you know. Yeah, yeah, right. So uh, tell us about your AR-10 build, the the 16-inch. Um, so obviously the 8-inch you just got from us is one of our full Sentinel builds. But right. uh, what could you tell us about uh, the 16-inch the build that you did before we released our uh, full firearms? So I sacrificed my 6.5 Creedmoor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had It, it was a 6.5 Creedmoor prior, and uh, I ended up putting the 16-inch the Fax and Big Gunner 
And then it came, this is a good, I'm glad you brought this up. It came with the standard Faxon 0.875 gas block. Mm-hmm. But I knew I was going to shoot subs and supers. So I put on a, I've got a superlative arms uh, adjustable gas block. Yeah. And that, that was key. You know, I think, I think you guys have tried to harp on that saying that, hey, if you're going to shoot both subs and supers, it's recommended that you put adjustable gas block on. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. With with such a difference in um how this round works, you know, and, and I mean don't get me wrong, we it we spent weeks going back and forth of like, you know, what do we want to dial in the full builds on? And and even before that, before we released the barrels to the public, you know, uh you can't make a gas hole smaller uh after you drill it. You know what I mean? So right. yeah. So so it's like kind of going, oh gosh, you know, what do we want to optimize this for? Because there are, you know, great subsonic <laughs> capabilities with this round where so many people in, you know, at least in hunting or or long distance in other calibers are are shooting a ton of supers. Well this is Kind of like you said, kind of like 300 blackout. There's there's a, a reason to shoot subs with it. So, Jay, if you would just remind people, you know, kind of what the Sentinel is set up for um, and then also kind of how we landed on uh, gas port sizing for the, the just the barrels off the shelf. Yeah, right. I mean, our our general um, approach for that was to to tune these rifles so that they were shooting supers. uh unsuppressed and and fully functioning um you know with the expectation that if if people were uh shooting subs or or using a suppressor that um you know they would have to tune a system you Mm -hmm. know there there would be some necessity for adjustable gas block playing with uh buffer weights and and buffer springs i mean that that's sort of you know that's the compromise that we had to go with yeah um you know, we we can't, you know, like you just said, possibly have these barrels uh, function for all scenarios of of supers and subs and and suppressed and on. Um, you know, it, it just it's impossible to to dial a, a gas hole size that works perfectly in all those scenarios. So right. you know, the so- expectation is is you know the builder has to has to uh, understand what they want to do with this and mm. and adjust uh you know to that right right and nito were there any other modifications you needed to make to your to your creedmoor ar10 uh when you dropped in for 86 so obviously you mentioned the gas block but you know anything with your buffer system or or what have you uh did you have to adjust any of that to to make uh 86 function as you wanted it to no that was it just you know Screw the barrel on, torque it down, get the forehand on. Yeah. Adjustable gas block, that's it. Yeah. And I, I actually, um, I think I'm only six turns. Mm-hmm. If, if you're familiar with the superlative arms gas block, they're just a yeah. gas block. It's got, I think it's like a, I think it's like a 40 turn. So yeah, it's got really like minute, you know, indents, indentations or, or indexes. <clears throat> yeah. So I think it's only like six or eight difference. Yeah, to get bolt hold open on on a single round on yeah. a magazine, so yeah, you know, it, it could vary. You know, um, I played with the eight inch Sentinel Sunday, and um, I really didn't shoot a lot. I shot both the Gorilla two ten supers and then the Gorilla two eighty eight grain uh, fracturing, 
and then I shot a handful of the 350 grain uh, makers. And uh, it really, it really wasn't as as pronounced as I thought. Of course, you know that's a you know eight inch pistol, you know, versus a 16 inch carbon gas link. You know, that's pretty mm-hmm. significant. Yeah, I didn't measure the 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 gas the the portholes. So I probably should have done that. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I, mean, I do it, note. I did notice that because I'd read it somewhere that you all changed the. Did you have to change the angle on the uh, the the gas tube itself for yeah. the clearance? Yeah, so we designed um, new gas blocks for these AR10 builds. So you know what what we were finding in building is that the AR15 um, gas blocks don't actually have the right height over bore for the gas tube. Um, right. You know, and and trying to do custom gas tubes is a little obnoxious. You know, the the manufacturer of them is is just. Um, it's easier to design a new gas block than it is to spec out new gas tubes. Um, you know, so, so we made some specific AR 10 height, uh, gas blocks, which, you know, I, I think are a valid, um, a valid concern for, for any AR 10 build is that your gas tube is not actually sitting at, you know, the correct angle. If you're using an AR 15 gas block, um, but we really, we really thought it was important on these pistol length gas systems in particular, just because, you know, as you're getting closer to the the receiver, your angle is getting, you know, steeper and steeper. Right. So Yeah. Concerns of binding or just being real tight on the barrel nut. Um, so again, it's a non-adjustable. So that is something you have to take into consideration if you're building, but especially for the um, complete builds, uh, our Sentinel builds, you know, it's just... I mean, nobody's really making eight inch 308 builds, you know, so yeah. how are you supposed to stumble across this? Um, yeah, right. So, it was, it was sort of like, like we hadn't even thought about it, right. you know, and in the particulars of it, but then one of our initial, initial test builds, you know, we had, we had a gas tube binding up there in the, you know, in the gas key area and we started looking at it and realizing, you know, that the angle you know, it was, was actually mattering in that. Yeah, yeah. Just a little, little too sharp. So obviously those are things that if, if you are conscious about it in your build and you did buy an eight inch barrel or you bought an eight inch uh, Sentinel from us and you want to be able to go back and forth between subs and supers and suppressed and unsuppressed, you're still going to be able to do it. Uh, but I think you just have to be mindful. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've, block. we've seen a lot of people have, have perfectly good success using uh adjustable gas blocks ar15 adjustable gas blocks with with 875 journals uh in in these builds you know yeah. it, it was just sort of a hey let's let's you know fix the the geometry architecture system on this you know if we're going to be selling standard gas blocks let's make the standard gas blocks correctly but you know that being said i've seen a ton of builds where people are using an adjustable gas block at an 875 diameter that was, you know, probably made for AR-15s that right. have had had perfect success with yeah. it. So, you know. Yeah, for sure. You know, I I, I do want to show. So you guys have gardens or wives that have gardens? I'm sure Jay has a garden. I have a garden. <laughs> do you, you, know, you know what it is now? It's canning season, right? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> totally. Totally, right? Yeah. I got, so this um, is relevant. You're like, what the heck? I got, got a ton season? of this hot peppers. I got a ton of hot peppers that are going in canning. And uh, 
<laughs> getting made into pepper jelly. I got all sorts of stuff. Made oh up. yeah, my, oh, yeah. my wife and I just wife and I just did a bunch of peach salsa last nice. night. So. Nice. Anyways, this is relevant. Okay, these are quart mason jars. All right. Mm-hmm. I cut a video a couple weeks ago. It's called uh, "Reloading Mistakes." Stupid is as stupid does. <laughs> and you, y'all remember Forrest Gump? Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So. What appears to be two identical one quart mason jars are not. Okay. And that that's that's relevant when it comes to reloading. We yeah. got two eight six brass, right? Yeah. One is one is ADG and one is gorilla. Okay. And and what's very important for for people to understand when they start reloading, so I did a little chart. I did an Excel spreadsheet. This is just for 16-inch barrel. The water case capacity of, of the ADG brass is 43.7 grains, whereas the Peterson is 45.8. The Gorilla is 46.6. Hornady is 44.7. Yeah. Now you're just talking grain, you know, grains of water capacity. The charge weights, and this is for like a 350 grain maker. I have a half a grain charge weight difference from from the different pieces of brass oh yeah and i want i want people out there reloading to know you know i preach this i preach this i've preached this forever is that you know years ago when i I started reloading in 1988 you know back then the the manuals would always say you know start five percent below max or start low you know and work your way up yeah and i really nobody really explained to me why and really there was no information as why other than you don't want to have a kaboom and obviously blow your gun up but nobody really explained to me why and i start when i started using so quick loads is an awesome piece of software that you can you you can uh input all your load data and it will return uh within reason i say within reason because it's not a hundred percent but it actually returns your your pressure levels that that your cartridge will achieve. Yeah. Okay? And I did a, I did a quick video a few years ago where on a five five six where I was I was uh, keeping the powder charge the same, the bullet the same, the cartridge overall length the same, and I was varying the water case capacity of the brass. And it just blew my mind when like if I would change the water case capacity by three tenths of a grain, yeah, the pressure would go up three thousand like thirty two hundred psi. You know, and that and that's important because um, obviously, if you're operating operating near the top, like subsonics, maybe not so much, but supers. If you're near the max, what you think is the max, and you you got a piece of brass that actually has less water case capacity, you're going to be over the top. You know, yeah, and especially in ARs, you know, a bolt action is more forgiving than an AR. You know. You're going to get a kaboom. And I don't want to scare people, but I just, you know, it's something people have to be cognizant of, you know. Yeah, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. And and that's something, too, like, like uh, you know, you had mentioned us, you know, making a point of telling people, you know, what the full builds are optimized for and so on. It's something we put in the copy. It's something that we put in the manual, you know, uh, <laughs> at the time of, of production. You know, this is not a Sammy Spec Brown. And you're going to have differences and and to use caution uh, with reloaded ammo and even early production ammo. I mean, I think Gorilla and Discreet are making great stuff, but it's still early. 
and it's still, you know, there's still things that could change by the time it gets through Sammy spec and so on. So I, I think there's, um, I think there's always the need for what I like to call appropriate caution, uh, when you're doing something yeah. like this. And yes, another, another piece where, yeah, I've shot AR 10s and I've built AR 10s or I've shot bolt guns and I've built bolt guns. Yes. But just like everything else in this in this eight six world, everything's a little different. Like it's just a little different to achieve the the ballistics, to achieve uh, the energy on target um, with that fast twist rate, uh, with that modified brass, with that size of projectile. You mix all those variables in, and when it's right, it is super rewarding. It's it's crazy fun to shoot. It's uh, obviously doing great things with everything from hogs to Cape Buffalo. Um, but you, you know, you got to make sure that it's, it's dialed in. And I think that's part of what, for, for people like you, Nito, who have done this for a while and, and like wildcat cartridges and, and things, I think those folks, this makes perfect sense. Um, but for the folks who have maybe never worked with wildcat or who are just getting into reloading, you know, I think it, there's a little bit of a kind of a mentality shift of it's very cool that you get to be leading edge, but that also means that you're going to have to pay attention uh, in, in what you're doing to be part of something that's leading edge until it becomes, you know, standard across the board, uh, just like a, a five, five, six or even more recently, 300 blackout. And I would. Oh, I absolutely. Would... I mean, when, you know, when, you know, the history of 300 blackout, you know, it was 300 whisper before it was actually. <laughs> you know sammy specked into 300 blackout yeah yeah you know and back then we were you know i didn't have the harbor freight chops all but i was converting <laughs> 556 brass you know and you know you had to do it now you know i wouldn't even think of you know there's so much 300 blackout brass now it's like why bought you know yeah you don't oh, have yeah. To. yeah and i think yeah. this will be you know this is just part of the part of the learning curve and you know heck i mean, i don't know i don't have my pulse on who's gonna come out brass you know are they waiting for sammy spec before brass manufacturers jump on the well, Jay and I can't share too much, but uh, I will say that we're, we're in conversations. Uh, uh, pretty much everybody involved is is really kind of we're pressing our contacts and we're we're trying to provide as much data as we can to help support um, larger manufacturers and and uh, adopting this into their workload. And that is something that is uh, and I know Jay, you have a note, and I want to make sure we get to that, but. <clears throat> that is something that we have to keep in mind. We're not super far out from the last two and a half years of of the pandemic and everything that yeah. was going on with ammo. Yeah, and everybody's schedules are still, you know, yeah. talking to these brass manufacturers, everybody's schedules are still so backed up. They're still so backed oh, up. Yeah. And um, the kind of non-standard uh, ammo has seen an uptick in in interest. So. For example, 300 blackout, obviously already Sammy spec and everything, but a bigger interest now than it was even a year and a half ago, yeah. two years ago. Um, the same thing for six millimeter arc. Uh, six millimeter arc has seen new life. Uh, yeah. 224 Valkyrie has seen new life. Hmm. Um, I know we're kind of getting to it just because of the season, but things like 65 Grendel and 350 Legend, uh, you know, seasonally are on the uptick. So if you think of it's been, you know, two, two and a half years of, oh, my gosh, I, 
these guys can't even make enough five, five, six to keep up. Uh, now, you know, yeah. you have, you're just kind of getting out of that and everybody's been so saturated with standard calibers, standard cartridges. Then now it's like, ah, I'm ready for my seven, six, two by 39 build, or I'm ready for my 300 blackout yeah. build. And so people have to fit that into their, into their production schedules. And I think two things, I think six millimeter arc is a perfect example because, you know, we launched those barrels uh, with Brownells initially and then pandemic hits. And it's like, whoa, that was a weird flux uh, yeah. because there was a lot of interest because it was new and hot. But then nobody cared about six millimeter arc because they couldn't even get enough five, five, six. And now we're starting to see what I think we probably should have seen two years ago. Yeah. In everybody's interested in six in, millimeter arc. Yeah. yeah. Well, what was your note? You were saying that we yeah, were talking I, about the, the caution of things and so on. I just wanted to step back like three minutes here. Um, you know, I would urge anyone who's who's new to reloading or who who, you know, is not super comfortable with with the idea of reloading this. Um, jump in these Facebook groups, ask questions and and people like Nito uh, will address them and, and give you guidance because, you know, we have um, we eight, six blackout has has a pretty strong community in some Facebook groups. And I really think that it's it's an important um, thing for anyone who is who is jumping in, trying to reload this, trying to, you know, modify their own brass. Um, get in these Facebook groups, read people's posts and, you know, ask questions because there are a ton of really helpful, really experienced people like Nito uh, who participate really heavily in those. So, yeah, um, yeah you know, I just before absolutely. we transitioned out, I wanted to, you know, at least at least talk, talk about that and tell people to get in those groups. Yeah, for sure. We left uh, links in the show notes from the last episode. We'll do the same in this episode. Uh, if you go to factsandfirearms.com slash blog, click on either of these. And uh, you'll find links uh, to get uh, to to request your entrance into yeah. the six groups. <laughs> yeah, um, they're super helpful. There's there's tons of good posts. There's tons of advice about builds. I mean, there's there's all sorts of great information. Yeah. But you know, especially on the reloading thing, you yes. know, if if you if you have questions about about process about what you're doing, um, there are lots of people with a lot of really good experience. Uh, you know, who yeah. will chime in? Nito will chime in, right? Yeah. And and yeah, and, and, I'm sorry. Oh, so it, no, and it's not ahead. it's not like a lot of typical Facebook groups where there's a lot of combative, you know. Yeah, right. Because right. the eight six blackout is still kind of a small community, you know. Right. And it's we're all we're all in the same boat, you know. We're all trying to learn, and you know we're happy yeah. to help. Yeah, you know? and it, it, it's the way it should be, you know. You yeah, know? I think you're right. It, they are not they are not combative uh, communities. No. They're they're really, you know, open source info, lots of helpful, helpful info communities. So, right. uh, you know, and that's another thing. I mean, you mentioned open source and, and how people are sharing info, but this is something that the guys at Q started with eight, six. I mean, it's open source. I yeah. mean, you, you could find all the official published data, you know, they want, uh, the, the round to take off. And, and also for us, I mean, we've never seen kind of a, a first day retail launch season like we've seen with eight six on a new caliber you know yeah. if it's a you know new guns are one thing and and new barrel profiles or barrel lengths you know those have all been successful in their own right but when it comes to something that doesn't have sammy spec factory available ammo to the masses to take off like this um yeah. has been really really surprising 
Um, surprising, not in the sense that we don't believe in it, but surprising in the sense that people are, as they should be, cautious about spending their hard-earned dollars on something they're not sure if they're going to be able to get ammo for in the near future. I think that's why the barrel sales have been, uh, you know, successful is because it's like, oh, this is this costs as much as any other faction barrel. You know, I'm I'm willing yeah. to hang on to the barrel until you know ammo comes around or whatever. But I think it shows, you know, I think it shows people's people's interest and sort of sort of um, faith in the in the project. I mean, seeing seeing such a you know hugely hugely successful uh, you know launch on on these barrels i mean yeah you know people want this to work people are interested in how this works they want to get you know they want to get these barrels even if you know they're a little unclear on where they're going to get the ammo right now yeah. um you know we've we've just seen such a, a good response on on the caliber i think people are interested in how it works you know they're they're interested in in the the why it's different and the how it functions you know it's it's yeah uh pretty exciting to see and and it's and i will say this whether it's getting into the groups or posting about it interacting with content buying a barrel buying a full gun in 8.6 those things are going to help influence uh the larger ammo manufacturers to want to jump on board yeah you know if if this has you know if you know jay and i are working on data packets right now on on what we've seen and if there weren't so many Google searches on it, if there weren't so many website visits, if there yeah. wasn't interest that we could record and show, um, you know, it could be it, it would have been for not, you know, if, if these didn't take off, if it, if it didn't have the community of people like you and the folks in the, the eight, six groups, um, you know, it would <laughs> it would be a. A much larger field to to hoe, uh, you know, to to get these people a to much larger field. I, I lost what I was going to say, but I'm going to say field like, to I hoe. I like that expression. We, we know what you mean, Dustin. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm from the Midwest, yeah. um, but yeah, anyway, very yeah, Midwest expression. Yes, very Midwest expression. <laughs> so, before we wrap up, Nito, I do just want to ask uh, about what you've seen in the projectiles that you're using, and and what you think has been the the most interesting or ones that you haven't yet tried that you do want to try, uh, you know, what, what sorts of, uh, other, um, uh, projectiles would you guide people to if they want to start making their own ammo? Well, for subsonic, I think that the standard is this 350 grain maker. Yeah. That's a cool, not that, not that the gorilla 280, 288 grain fracturing. I mean, you know, as my buddy on um, Forge and Fire would say, it will kill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, um, Supersonics, the Barnes 210, you know, that did, you know, and I used to, I used to do work with Barnes years ago, mm -hmm. and I don't think they ever intended their copper bullet to shed the pedals like that. Because I when I yeah. shot that gel block at 75 yards, those pedals came off. Yeah. Yeah. Which it it acted like a like a, a fracturing bullet, mm -hmm. which caused tremendous wound cavities. You know. Oh yeah. So yeah. you know that that's the other thing is that what I call the expanding, you know, to a mushroom type bullet, the fracturing bullet. In my experience, a frac fracturing bullet is the quickest killer when it comes to game animals. Which I don't know if you guys have heard that or yeah. anybody has said that. Reason being is, you not only have 
you know, here you have one wound channel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way most game, I'm a bow hunter by trade. If you can see that, see that buck right there? Yeah. Yeah. I shot that buck in 1999 with a, with a hand sharpened broadhead yeah. and a recurve bow. <laughs> yeah. And, and most game animals are killed by blood hemorrhage, you know, loss of blood, loss of consciousness or whatever. That's what this, this bullet is going to do. A fracturing bullet, okay, is going to cause, at the minimum, four wound channels, okay? So your chances of hitting a vital organ or, or artery, you know, or nervous system is 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 gone up four times yeah so i think that's where the, i think that's where the other technology needs to go as far as bullet development is uh more fracturing bullets and not just not just in a subsonic but supersonics yeah you know? um i mean that's my opinion i've i've killed hogs in texas with 85 grain fracturing bullets i've killed 300 pound hogs that just you know my buddy and i would do a post post-mortem and just blown away by the damage yeah you know? right and that was just right. like a little 85 grain bullet too right yeah so yeah you get some you get some impressive stuff and i mean just like we've mentioned on the facebook group seeing the seeing the kind of what i like to call the non-professional content you know of people that have already gone out and gone hunting with these like you mentioned your friends in florida uh you know the the wound cavities on these things and and the quickness of drop and and even when some of our team went with uh, Gorilla and Q to Florida several months ago and and did a hunt together, a hog hunt, uh, you know, there were a couple of hogs that they got that they were like, you know, if this was another round, uh, I shot it too far back, you know, or I shot right. it too high or whatever. But because uh, the energy that it's providing on target, that shot a little too far back that maybe with a 300 blackout or whatever wouldn't have put it put it down it absolutely did put it down you know with with the eight six so i think there's you know uh it's not to say that it 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 cures your inaccuracy but (laughs) but uh you know you do have um you know optimal energy i mean as far as anything that's on the market right now and anything you could buy a barrel for buy a gun for um you know it's it's gonna do some pretty pretty crazy things and putting down your game yeah, you know, here's one one other thing because I don't think nobody's really addressed it is that, you know, in a smaller package, I would say the eight six blackout would be superior to a three hundred blackout as far as self defense, and yeah. I only say this because, what what is common with subsonic ammo? What is the one constant? It's a really easy. Really oh, I thought you were asking a rhetorical Sorry. question for the crowd. Everybody comment. Yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll get a million comments right. of oh this Yeah. 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 Vo- velocity and, and, and velocity. critical distance. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you take a three hundred blackout shooting a two hundred twenty grain, you know, SMK or two hundred grain, you know, f- expanding or fracturing bullet. Yeah. Two hundred grain, right? Then you take an 8.6 blackout shooting a 300 or 350 grain, you know, bullet. You've gone up, you know, one-third bullet mass, you oh, know, yeah. 200 to 300 grains. And the energy is, you know, 300 blackout, you're like, what, 400, 450 foot-pounds of energy? Yeah. 8.6 blackout. I was just looking up my uh, looking up my specs here. Um, so 350 grain maker, 
859 foot pounds of kinetic energy. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, think about, put that in perspective, you know, I mean, a nine millimeter, you know, you're lucky to get what, 350? Yeah. You know, even a 44 Magnum, you know, not that, you know, 44 Magnum is probably not the the choice of a, you know, personal defensive, you know, weapon. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. But right. here you're talking, you know, 859 and you suppress that, you know, oh yeah, like in a little, you know, like the Sentinel. Yeah. You know, the eight inch Sentinel. Yeah. That's a, you know, perfect. You know, if, if somebody wanted to have, if they only had one or two weapons, that'd be a great home defensive gun as well. Yeah. 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 So my yeah. thoughts, I mean, I just, you know, you think about subsonics and bullet weight and, you know, stopping power and all that good stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and taking into account, like you said, for a smaller package, I mean, uh, whether it's hunting or PDW, uh, it's, it's something that is optimized for shorter barrel lengths. You know, you don't necessarily need, uh, to go out, uh, all the way to 20, 24 inches on your barrel right. to, to, you know, get, get the type of power that you need or get the type of accuracy that you need. And again, within reason on all of this, right. So Yes, you you could probably get uh, a little more power out of uh, 300 blackout if you tune a little bit. But what is your end goal for that 300 blackout? And that's something that we talk about with all builds on all of our barrels or all of our parts and accessories. What are you building this for? You know, are you building a lightweight rifle? Then you're going to want to look at our pencil barrels and you're going to want to look at our lightweight bolt carrier groups and the carbon fiber hand guards and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, when we talk about like duty guns, for example, um, you know, we have several police departments across the country that use some of our stuff. You know, they're going more gunner profile, uh, aluminum handguard, uh, full M16 bolt carrier groups, things like that. You know, it's it's uh, still pretty duty specific. Um, and also based on what your comfort level is on it as a shooter. Um, and, and again, ultimately what, what your end goal is for it. And some people, they're going to be locked into things, you know, people did ask, you know, well, if it's optimized for 12 inch, why did you make a 16 inch barrel? Well, because there's some people who they need the 16 inch barrel, you know, whether that's legally or they don't want to do SBR or they don't want to yeah, run a right. pistol brace, you know, and you're still going to get, as you've seen Nito personally with the 16 inch build, you're still going to get amazing, uh, amazing, you know, uh, results out of that build. Um, but it's just going, Hey, you don't need to go out to 18. You don't necessarily need to go out to 20. Um, but you could go all the way back and have this pretty rad looking, uh, billet AR 10 that has an eight inch barrel on it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, very good. And, you know, as we wrap up, if you wouldn't mind just letting our, uh, audience know where they could find more about you uh and uh find some of your videos yeah so just get on youtube and search ap that's alpha papa 2020 outdoors so it's just ap 2020 outdoors i'm on instagram ap 2020 underscore outdoors and then of course the facebook group uh eight six blackout just search for that you'll find the group yep and that's it i've got a twitter account but i really don't do too much on that <laughs> yeah so, very good. Well, we'll have links uh, to all of Nito's channels and some of the videos that he mentioned this week in the show notes, as well as a link to the Facebook groups that we've been talking about. So just go to factsandfirearms.com slash blog and click on this episode and you will find all of those links there in the show notes. Nito, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your time and your expertise and uh, 
all the help you're doing in the community to educate people on 8-6. Yeah, thank awesome. you, Nito. Hey, thanks for having me. And you know what, Dustin? Yeah. You know, I'm only three hours away from you all. But you know, yeah. what's funny is I think both Jay and Mark thought that you were coming today. I thought were you were going to be here today. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to be in person today. Like, I was like, Mark Mark came by earlier and I was like, yeah, Nito's going to be in, you know, in like 15 minutes here, you know, just come by the marketing room. <laughs> and then I get in here and Dustin's like, oh, did you bring your headphones? It's a Zoom call. Yeah. I was like, nah. uh, yeah, Mark, is he here? I was like, is who here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, have to shoot, we'll shoot for September. I'll, I'll come down with my high speed camera. Yeah, yeah, very cool. That'll be fun. Yeah, we'll do some cool stuff with that. Yeah, Good. that'll be fun. All right, Nito. Well, thank you so much uh, again. Factsandfirearms.com slash blog click on this episode with nito from ap 2020 outdoors for all the info and links